and Jacqueline and we're back for another episode of black and yellow hey guys welcome back guys thanks for joining us yes 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 we got a big show so we're gonna just jump right into yeah, we it. are so for our Blasian report we spoke of these two amazing black women a couple episodes ago a couple episodes ago back. we have a follow-up mm-hmm. so in a historic election for the city of Chicago one of two black women will be Chicago's first mayor. We spoke of Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle uh, a couple episodes ago. The, it was initially when they were running. So their, yeah, their names were just four, being put on the ballot. Yeah, there were still 14 of them. I yeah. Then. Or I think they were two. Of the 14. That's exactly. Um, but the first round of voting happened in Chicago in February and it looks like one or the other will secure the seat as Chicago's mayor. Regardless. Which is like gonna kind make, of amazing. Yeah. Regardless, it's it's history made. Yeah. It's going to be the first black woman. Totally. And. Well, could be the first. Well, one gay of the women is black gay. woman. So. I, which I, would be even awesomer in my yeah, opinion. For sure. Uh. Go on. I was going to say, um, um, so according to the Associated Press, a former federal prosecutor who has never held elected office was vying for Chicago mayor on Tuesday against a powerful official whose political career spans decades, uh, providing voters a clear contrast and a historic runoff already assured of elevating a black woman to the lead to lead the nation's third largest city. So you've got Lori Lightfoot on one end. She's 56. She served as an assistant U.S. attorney before entering private practice as an attorney. And she emerged as the leader in the first round of voting in February. And then she's matched up against Tony Preckwinkle. She's a former school teacher who served on the Chicago City Council for 19 years before becoming Cook County Board President in 2011. She was also the former president of the Chicago Police Board. I saw that too. Yeah. Damn. Yep. That's awesome. Whoever wins will join seven other black women currently serving as mayors in major U.S. cities, including Atlanta and New Orleans. So they'll be in some great company. Preckwinkle is 20 years older than Lightfoot. Hey, man. Ain't nothing but a number. And we said on this show, black don't crack. And look, if you can get the job done and done right, why not? Well, I think being older, maybe she does have more experience, too, which might give her an advantage. I know that. Maybe. Maybe not. But we can't be ageist. We can't assume that because you're younger, you don't have as much experience or perspective. Perspective, but... Wouldn't you think if you've been serving or if you have more time just living on this planet, you do have more experience in life in general? I see what the point that you're making, but I don't necessarily know if I agree with that. Hmm. Yeah, I I think they both have two different uh, experiences, in experience general? levels and intelligence levels in terms of what they can bring to the table. I'm not I'm not arguing one is smarter than the other. By yeah, any means. neither am I. Um. Yeah, I think that they could both serve the position quite well. They yeah. both bring different different talents to the table. Right, 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 right. Um, but I don't know if I buy into the idea that if you're older, you have, you're more experienced to, to do a job. I see. I don't necessarily buy into that thought process. Hmm. But feel free to. Like, mm-hmm. I can understand why your mind is there. I totally Definitely. get it. I mean, I see it more as she's been alive longer. Okay. And to me, not always, because it's not Trudeau. Francis? Justin Trudeau? No. He's like, he's really young. 
uh, Macron. Or, yeah. Macron. Yeah, he's a young yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Same with Prime Minister of New Zealand. Like, they're both pretty Female, young. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she's, uh, they're doing a great job. So, definitely. Who's one to say? But, I mean, that's, that's like, and I when mean, I like, see their age, that's. AOC. Like, the U.S. loves AOC. Yeah. And she's young. Yeah, she's fucking She's it. one of us. Republicans cannot stand her. <laughs> I understand why, but I don't care. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, who's really going to care about? them anyways <laughs> to be well, completely think... honest i don't know if trump has done a good job at allowing us to care too much about them right now i see what you're saying i was more coming at it from the standpoint of aoc breaks down politics into bite-sized pieces that are easy to she's also like a real person like the yes. fact that she didn't have health insurance until like six months ago that really humanizes that was, her it does completely yeah. and you have to connect there's such a disparity or there's such a gap between oh the government and then you know the citizens of america and it should never you are working for us Mm -hmm. and that that big gap doesn't allow us to really feel connected to our government therefore why would we care about our government therefore why would we do anything right to make changes here you know what i mean so and it starts with us so Oh, for me, it's just like, why should a bunch of rich old white men... Who need to die. There you go. Who, like, why should you guys be making choices for the vast majority of the rest of us? When you're literally thinking and acting the way you did 40, 50 years ago, when is not the way the world is being ran or is anymore. I hear you. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Anyways, we'll, we'll talk about We're going to have an Andrew Yang episode, y'all. So <laughs> yeah. We'll get into politics then. For sure. <laughs> uh, Lightfoot is openly gay. As we said, she seized on outrage over a white police officer's fatal shooting of a black teenager, that of Laquan McDonald, to launch her reformer campaign. And that was even before Rahm Emanuel announced he wouldn't seek a third term amid criticism for initially resisting calls to release the video of the shooting. So I respect that about Lori. I respect that Lori is like, no, the people need to know and the people need to see. Yeah, definitely. But don't keep this, don't keep these pigs safe. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So we will, we'll keep you up to date on what happens. We'll keep you up to date on the results. Mm-hmm. But it looks like Chicago, Woo-hoo. yeah, mm-hmm. Chicago could be, ma- Chicago will be making history. Yeah. And in a way, one of them's going to win. I'm excited to know who wins. Who do you want to win? I guess I don't, I mean, Either I think either or it's gonna be a win. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, they both seem. They both seem like great candidates. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Like either one of them wins, it's a win for all of Chicago. It is. It is. I'm just super excited. I I'm just excited. I mean, I was excited when I heard about the news first when they were cont- when they were part of the 14, and then finding out that because it was I remember the article it was a New York Times article just about them too and the fact that it's still really like been about them too yeah uh, it's yeah. pretty awesome yeah I don't even know so. who else's name was on the ballot <laughs> I mean that, I'm to be honest with you that just goes to show mm-hmm. like well depending on obviously what the media is also like spitting out you know they they maybe knew ahead of time that these two were going to be the contenders and so true kind of I'm just, just saying listen you show me two black women I don't really want to know who else yeah is yeah same like, and obviously yeah I completely agree we're also not in Chicago so it <laughs> may be different but right exactly <laughs> like my money is on Lightfoot I think I like Lightfoot right. because she's not only a black woman but she's, but she's also gay. openly gay yeah, so I, I like feel that. like she might add some nuance yeah, to the it's position a little bit more progressive yeah you know, yeah more liberal just kind of like my assumption she's going to 
put LGBTQIA issues just, at the forefront or very close to the right. forefront. And especially with what happened with Jesse Smollett in Ugh. Chicago, I think it's all really important to just have that just be as equal and on par with everything else that's important. Because For sure. we all know that the LGBTQ community has uh, still has a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So, In terms of like securing rights. And being seen as equal, and, yeah, just like sure. amongst all of us, you know, that's right. all really, really important. Um, so yeah, same with me. I'm gonna let you end it because I was pretty eloquent. Thank you. I'm gonna let you end this report. There you go, guys. <laughs> all right, so guys, it's hot outside. Sure is. Clothes are getting. Uh, we're wearing less clothes. <laughs> They're getting lighter. They're getting sheerer. They're getting Ooh. floatier. Hemlines are getting shorter. Perhaps the clothes are getting a bit tighter. And it's around this time of year that I hear a term that's often thrown around a lot in the black community, a term or a phrase. That term or phrase is fast, fast or fast tailed girl or hot tailed girl, Mm. all all same ways of communicating the same sentiment, which is essentially slut shaming. Mm. So to be clear, I just want to like put this out there. So I'm going to be. Going back and forth between the the black pronunciation and the the literature pronunciation. Okay. So in the black community, you would say fast and drop the T. Ooh, that girl a fast ass girl. Look at her over there being fast. Look at she cute. Why is she wearing them shorts? Like that's how it's used. However, I'm probably going to be hitting that T when I am like reading text and literature. Yeah, I don't want to confuse anyone. Okay. Um. So fast or fast tailed girl. That phrase really hit the cultural zeitgeist in 2013. So over at Hood Feminism, Mickey Kendall and Jamie Nesbitt Golden started the, hast- the hashtag, hashtag fast-tailed girls. <laughs> Say that 10 times fast. Um, Kendall told NPR, fast-tailed girls is, at least on the African-American community, often referred to or used to describe a girl who is theoretically sexually promiscuous. Young girls as young as two or three can be labeled fast-tailed girls or simply fast girls. And quote, what it really means is that they're asking for it. They are seeking sex in an inappropriate way, end quote. Kendall's hope for the hashtag was to, quote, blow up the idea that boys can do whatever they want, but girls are dirty if they explore their sexuality, Mm. end quote. So I've been hearing this word or phrase my entire life. And it really wasn't until 2010, 2011 that my boyfriend, my white boyfriend, called me out for slut shaming. I had not even considered that that term or that phrase was slut shaming because it was so normal and commonplace Mm, to hear people, specifically elder black women, using that phrase a lot. And using that phrase... That phrase comes up in all sorts of settings. That phrase comes up in schools. That phrase comes up in church. That phrase comes up in any sort of social setting where men and women are hanging out together. And that word is almost weaponized, if you will. Really? Yeah, for sure. Because essentially when you slap someone, when you slap a girl, not someone because it's almost always used to define women. When you slap a young girl with that phrase, you're essentially saying that not only is she morally questionable. Yeah. Whatever she's doing, she shouldn't be doing. So it's about Mm. control and maintaining some sort of a patriarchal, like rigid gender binary. Okay. It's a form of, of control 
it's a way for older women to control younger women when they're when these young girls are young. Right. It's also a way for older men to silence victims who have been abused due to the fact that they have been slapped with a fast with with the label of fast girl and thus it has impacted their reputation. I see. Does that make sense? Totally. That okay. was really well said. Okay, that was cool. Great. I wasn't quite sure. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, great. Awesome. I get it. I didn't I didn't I've never I'm I'm not black, so I've never heard this term. I just want to make sure that like all of that made got sense. out. Perfect. It made perfect sense. I'm great. with you. I'm right here. I got you. I'm a, I've essentially heard this word used a lot uh around the R. Kelly case. Hmm. I heard a lot of, ooh, she thinking she cute. She over there thinking she a cute girl, wanted to hang out with a celebrity. Her fast ass shouldn't have been anywhere around him. But see, that's what you get when you think you something and you ain't. That sentiment, I have heard communicated many, many times. And growing up in black circles. Who did you, in growing up in your family, who did you hear it from? Oh, my mom would use it. My grandmother would use it. My aunts would use it. My female cousins would use it. Family friends would use it. It's a very common term. All right. It's a super common term. And they would use it just describing fam- other family members? It could be family members. It could be young girls. Mm. It could be girls that I went to school with. It could be young girls on the street. Typically, they're young girls doing things and acting some way at an age where they shouldn't be. Yes and no. I mean, you could be as young as two and slap with the label of fast if you're dancing a certain way. Oh, I get it. Anything to kind of... Preening yourself in the mirror in a certain way or if you're posing in pictures in a certain way. I mean, as young as two and three, that is when this term or this phrase can really sink into a young girl's mind. It's tough, man. And then they just want to grow up and kind of prove to themselves and prove to other people that maybe they are that or maybe they're not that yeah exactly I mean, like, it's the the detriment of being labeled fast can really have lifelong destructive effects oh yeah 100%. absolutely totally and to be clear fast is a synonym that's a synonym for slut whore thought thoughtler mm-hmm. slut in training mm-hmm. ho mm-hmm. like whatever you want to call it it's all a synonym of of that word of a girl who's sexual who's theoretically sexually promiscuous it's funny too because it's also like a, a normal word yes so which is why it's, it's dangerous yeah that's the worst part mm-hmm. because if you think about it the word fast it, it provides a sort of cloak of hiding for the person who is thro- who is labeling a girl as that word yeah because it's one of those things where like in normal conversation you could be like oh that girl is fast like, oh, do I mean she's moving fast? Like, is she right. fast moving or is she fast? Like, she's acting on carnal sexual uh, desires that we are Needs. assuming that she has. Right. Uh, one author described the word fast as a proverbial welcome mat plastered on a child's reputation that invites public scorn, objectification, or worse, tactic approval for the physical sexual exploitation of minors. Mm. those girls uh, these girls are viewed as quote adult women quote asking for abuse as quote responsible for that abuse that black men inflict on them or coerce them into and often inflict without punishment or blame from the black community hello R. Kelly that is what has been happening with him in the black community 
four decades. Wow. It's so, so ironic that in the sense that foundation has sort of been laid on by and perpetuated by your own people. And then just that cycle continues. Yeah. Hello, R. Kelly, like you said. Totally. Because fast is not only a way to slut shame, it's a way to victim blame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jackie, you shouldn't be wearing that outfit. I mean, someone's going to do something. You're just asking for it. Yeah. It's like you're you're looking at these young girls, and I say that with anger because I definitely was one of these young girls. Right. And, you know, from a young age, we're telling our young black girls, you're not allowed to feel your body you're not allowed to explore sexually right you're not allowed to have that sort you're not allowed to enjoy those sorts of carnal um of the flesh sins like that's not for you and if you do do that then you a hoe yeah 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 then you're morally questionable at best no right. one wants to deal with you we'll just slap this you're problematic yeah you got we'll issues. slap this label on you and then you have to deal with it you're gonna here. be like this forever absolutely there's no cure and that label follows people dang in the black community i have seen girls be slapped with that label and they have lost friends Family members have turned their acts. Like that label is super volatile because in the black community, we don't get, we don't speak about sex and exploring our sexuality the way that I feel like my white friends were able to. Right, right. I mean, then you you factor the religious factor on top of it, which allows for even more guilt and shame and all other things that comes with that. Yeah. And so black girls who then become black women are in this sort of, adulted but infantilized holding pattern Mm. where in our mind like we look like adults and y'all are treating us like adults but also there's this arrested development around our sexuality because we have been told from a young age don't explore that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. don't feel free to be expressive sexually Mm -hmm. you've got to be the good girl Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. on the other side of the good girl and being the good girl is the fast-tailed girl and you don't want to be that right no one wants to be that that brings shame to yourself that also brings shame to the family right that's why when people are like well how come r kelly's female uh victims won't speak out a lot of that is not just the girl it's the family too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's the way it's the the idea that if you cast these girls into a public spotlight and make them talk about these sexual acts that they did from a young age even though they were definitely brainwashed, definitely coerced, definitely um, abused by an older man, there's still this thing in the black community of your parents did something wrong. And if yeah. that were my daughter, that yeah. wouldn't happen. Yeah. If that if it were up to me, right. you should not have done that. Right. What kind of parent are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. The thing that's so utterly frustrating about the fast girl label is that black women cannot not ever have their bodies policed. Society in general is just obsessed with policing women's bodies. Yes, for sure. Specifically, love policing black women's bodies. Yes. But before we even get out into the real world, our bodies are policed by our own family members. Yeah. And specifically, again, by the elder women in our families. Yeah. And. 
and they just did what their mamas did. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's a, it's a generational thing. I think a lot of it is just a learned phrase that you don't really question because to a certain degree, no one wants their daughter to present themselves poorly, regardless well, yeah. of what color you are. And if you think where they came from, they had to survive and work right. at home and be a stay at home mom or not really have high hold any high position jobs that allowed them to go to college or so on and so forth. Yeah, the name of the game was survival and their kids are very much mirrors of themselves. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I think that black girls then grow up with this idea that I can't explore my sexuality. I can't explore my body. Who's allowed to do that? that And it also feels wrong. Right? Yes, it's almost, there's a lot of shame involved. And guilt. For and, sure. And religious factors. But, I mean, it is your God-given right to be able to express yourself sexually and touch yourself and move and act in a certain way when you feel inclined to do so if you are just, you know, purely talking about those energies just being present because you are a human mm-hmm. and you are going to have a sexual drive yeah. and a need to want to procreate and so on and so forth. But when you attach it with all these negative yeah. and, you know, blaming and the guilt and the shame, it it, it does become detrimental. And yeah, like for sure. And, and I think we've spoken about this off mic. Many times. Too. I wasn't given a sex talk. Yeah. A I lot remember. of my black female friends were not either. Sex in terms of like the birds and the bees and when two people really love each other, blah, blah, blah. Like that's not really a sentiment that was communicated in my home. Yeah. My mom wasn't either. Yeah. Yeah. That's not necessarily a sentiment that was communicated among a lot of my black female friends. Instead, the message was don't come home pregnant. That's it. That's it. Oh, and man, that there's so much that goes on. You you could, I know girls who've gotten abortions and come home and their parents never know. Right. You know? I know girls too. Absolutely. I know girls who've gotten pregnant and hid it from their family for months, was able to get an abortion, had friends that had their backs. Mm -hmm. I know girls that, you know, parents thought they were virgins until they got married. All kinds of just like, just insanity. (laughs) Yeah. And the reason for that, the reason that that it's not spoken about, it's a combination of two things. A, it's just, taboo you know how we don't speak of things that are uncomfortable or that we think should be just like held in shame and darkness yeah for the black for a lot of black women that is one of those things i see um so there's that element there's also the idea that if i talk about it Uh, you are that or you're going to want to do it right it's like my parents really didn't talk about drugs pull you in yeah Yeah. like my mom was not trying to talk to me about drugs and alcohol so fast because i think there is this fear and belief among parents that if i talk about these things sex drugs alcohol whatever yeah my kid's gonna get curious curious and want to do it but also the other end if you don't talk about it it might have the complete effect and they might absolutely be so inclined to go and seek it out themselves and then fall into this uh, addiction or behavior or pattern. I mean, on both ends, you can say, if you don't talk about it, if you do talk about it, your kids might want to, so you think, might or will. And I know so many people that parents who... You know, didn't talk about cigarettes or drugs and mm-hmm. it ended up, you know, doing a shit ton Ooh, of drugs and their parents the never knew. Yeah. You know, for sure. I know for me, my introduction to sexual life was pretty rocky. And I also went to a high school that was didn't have a ton of black people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of white folks. Yeah. So, and who were really self-expressed in that yes, area. I went to an arts high school. So there yeah. was a ton of really hands on 
full throttle, sometimes fully aware, sometimes fully not of aware course, yeah. commitment. Yeah. And a self self commitment and self expression. And I remember having to walk two very different worlds. Sure. The world of being with my white friends and their ability to talk about sex openly their 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 sexual like stories that i could not relate to but had to act like i could because heaven forbid i didn't know about sex i would be the weird loser right exactly so now you have to pretend to be a phony right which either or is like neither is a good choice there's no win-win there neither is a good choice Uh -uh. but then had but then like going back to my black community and Having to live up to the good girl trope, right? And having to play into that trope, yeah. But I remember once I got to college, you know, some people go to college and they like oh. get all hooked on drugs, yeah. they go to college and drink like crazy. Yeah. I went to college and just was super out there and super sexually expressive, right? Some may or may not have called it promiscuous, right? I called it. Uh, exploratory and expressive because right. I never really had that. Yeah, and so the minute you were out of the cage, right. essentially, Absolutely. you like, let it all out. Absolutely, but I was also self-aware enough to be like, okay, I'm developing some unsafe practices mm. that need to be addressed. Right, right. And luckily, I had an amazing human sexuality teacher that I remember emailing her before the first day of class and telling her, can you give me a sex talk? Oh my God, please. Yeah. Please just give me the sex talk that I never got from my parents. I think now as older women who are in or have or are in, you know, stable relationships and have really fully explored and experienced, and there's still also so much. I mean, we're not even talking about intimacy here. No. We're just talking about pure. Right. um, (laughs) Exactly. I'm glad you made that distinction. (laughs) Intimacy and sex are very different. Two different things. And I think... That topic for girls and for women is so crucial mm-hmm. because very. we have two very different experiences as yep. women and we'll continue to as well. But on my end, you know, I I'm I have a different experience with it just because I am not extremely traditional like Chinese when it comes to just Okay. Being completely self-expressed. My mom did live in Brazil for 35 years, right. and that is a very hypersexual culture. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their flirting there would be considered sexual harassment here. Got it. Okay. And when I was first exposed to that, I felt extremely violated because ah. I felt like I was being harassed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's not. It's flirting to them. Right. You know? Um, so with all of that being said, as, as Asian women, we are – meant to be the most perfect, obedient, docile creatures mm-hmm. and still be hypersexual yeah, somehow. Of course, of course. Without even ever being allowed to explore it, without even enjoying it at all. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've seen it with other friends, I've seen it with other cultures. Um my mom gave me the sex talk pretty pretty early on uh, early on, but I even went through moments in high school where I thought I was promiscuous. Got it. And there was a lot of a lot of deep shame and guilt around that mm-hmm. and I didn't feel safe going to my mom Got it. I really didn't and that is that 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 I would never ha- want on and my I child I definitely see you on that you know sure. like yeah. it just it should never be that and I didn't have a lot of friends that I could feel like I could go to that would also not that they wouldn't understand me but 
I just, I believed and created the world for me that it wasn't safe. Yeah. So can you, like, I, mean, I understand that. You know that exactly. No, I get that. You're totally. like trapped. You don't know, you don't think, you don't know what you don't know that you right. can go to these people. Right. Because no matter what you do, no matter what you, and how you, what you've done, you right. feel unsafe and wrong and bad and guilty. Mm-hmm. And none of that is a, is, is a good platform for liberating yourself and getting the healing that you need. Yeah. No, I hear that. And then the closest person, which is our mother's. Which, yep. which should be going to, mm-hmm. we're not going to. Yeah, short of my mom telling me, don't come home pregnant, which is, I, you know, solid, a solid command. <laughs> yeah. Um, Slash extremely vague. Yeah. At like the same super... time. Like, thanks for being, like, cl- crystal clear, but what does that but really exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, what are you actually communicating? Right. Um, the awkwardness of talking about sex was something that, even as a teenager, I felt my mom could just not get over yeah my mom is a really conservative lady yeah same with my mom and we are not our mothers are very similar and we are also very similar right um and i think a combination of like you can be straight-faced and stern when you're telling me to not come home pregnant but the minute that sex in any other vein is used yeah it is like laughy time right we use funny words we don't like, call it sex yeah, we yeah, call yeah, it the yeah. whoopty bang or the mattress mambo because oh i'm gosh. uncomfortable by talking to my young right. daughter about this thing that i would rather talk to her about right. so i'm gonna try and uh uh, uh that's my evil defense mechanism coming yeah. out yeah yeah, yeah i'm yeah. gonna try and like cut it with some humor but right. even i as a teenager was like nah right you ain't buying it nah. like, but if I think we're gonna have this too- conversation let's have it like Real terms. Right. Let's like let's be adults. Here. Yeah, like, but meet I, me. I also think as like artists, I didn't mean. It. Sorry, I no, no, no. go off. for it. You're I good. think as artists, we. I mean, I discovered and explored my sexuality personally pretty young and pretty um like confident and out there. Not Got saying it. like I had sex with a ton of men, and I'm saying I lost my. Virgin. It's very different. Like okay. I was like very in tune with myself, Got you it. know, and yeah. and I think and or not that I wish, but. My mom and I are very different in that sense, where I don't know if she was so in tune with her sexuality. Got it. And instead of her paying attention to me and really seeing what I needed as a sexual being, Mm -hmm. she only could come at it from what she experienced. And I think that's super common for moms. And I think that that's why this label of fast tail girl really is perpetuated by women in our community completely for sure yeah yeah i'm sorry yeah. keep going you brought no. a great point i just like jumped in but Not at I, all. I agree it's, with you 100 it's, it's the same in the asian community where you know if you have had a child because you're going to go talk to your daughter right. you have to understand that who you are at certain times is different when you are with your husband, when you're not with your husband, discovering that, what does that feel like? What does that look like? All of that is all encompassed. And I think just having these these ideas or these structure of like you're a fast girl and you're supposed to be pretty and perfect yeah. and not sexual, but yet we want you to have kids, mm-hmm. that makes no freaking sense. Absolutely. And you better bet your ass there are grown-ass black women that still have a hard time striking that balance Absolutely. even today in committed marriages. Yeah. Striking that balance of intimacy with your partner. Totally. And uh, having to get a handle on this childhood shame. Mm-hmm. Because when something is not spoken about. And you've had kids already, by the way. And you had kids already. Right. So that's another thing. Right. But, you know, when something is not spoken about, it's treated as shameful. Exactly. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, so yeah. you're communicating, 
the lack of talking about sex is communicating that it's should that it's shameful. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe some parents listening might say, well, yeah, but like, I'd rather create shame around this Ooh, thing for my kid. At least sure? they're not like having sex like crazy. And I don't know if I would agree with that. Yeah, I know. Plenty I, don't of know girls, I, that. I know plenty of girls that still had a lot of shame involved and we're still having plenty of sex. So it's it's, yeah. it's not black or white for sure. It ain't never gonna be black or white. I had I had a lot of friends that were still acting a certain way behind closed doors and coming home like a prim, proper, perfect, yep. obedient daughter, and then bam, did get pregnant, mm-hmm. or bam, all of a sudden left home at sixteen, and yeah. you're like, whoa, like yeah. freak accident, you for know? Sure. I think also as a side note, I want to I want to just note that fast tail girl is not just for uh, heterosexual girls. Mm. Fast tail girl can be slapped on. Any girl. Yeah. But it's assumed to be heterosexual. Right. I had a friend in high school, very, very obviously a lesbian, dressed like a man, but she would still get the label of, of, she would still get slapped with the label of fast girl because she hung out with dudes. Oh my God. And so in that particular case, it was almost like a challenge. Right. Like you're fast because you're hanging out with straight dudes. Right. And how much of a lesbian are you? Why don't you come taste this dick and then tell me for real? Jeez. Like that's. No That's sexuality so is off limits. Right, right, right. It just, it saddens me in the fact that instead of really understanding the person and getting to know the person and mm-hmm. seeing what they need, these parents or these people or these elders or whatever will just go ahead and label and judge. It's And it, it makes sense because that's what they had. But I think it really doesn't make sense in the sense that none of that is actually going to be constructive to their growth and involvement as a person who's coming into their sexuality. For sure. Or getting in tune with all of this. Definitely. And it has to be expressed. One way or another, it has to. You know? Yeah, I'm not sure. saying go and sleep with a thousand men but mm-hmm. or girls, but I'm saying you need guidance in how to do it healthily, yeah. naturally, with feeling confident. Yeah. And let it be known in the black community, some of the freakiest women that I know are black church-going ladies. D- okay? Yeah. Like, let it be Same. Yeah. super known put it out there right some of the craziest stories i've heard are the most religious like like most perfect asian women that i'm like i hear later from my mom or something i'm like she did what right before she got married was what right and her husband huh yeah she did huh yeah yeah. she worships where okay okay Mm -hmm. uh goldie taylor who wrote an article about the hashtag fast tail girls had a great line in it she says The harsh and constant policing of black girls' bodies has led us to become ashamed of ourselves, ashamed of our bodies and our sexualities. Our larger hips, ample asses, and breasts are hypersexualized, and as a defense mechanism, we hide our sexual desires in order to repel this hypersexualization and judge others who choose not to. We label other women as hoes and steer clear of them, still suffering from the fear of being labeled a fast-tailed girl. We quickly decide dismiss victims statements about their sexual assaults and instead run to the perpetrator's defense Mm. prime example r kelly black women men and others still supporting him and his music the social acceptance of body shaming slut shaming and victim blaming within black culture has shown that our girls are not valued with the statistics to back it up dang yeah truth right there i i could not I could not agree with that more. Yeah. Because not only do older women who are using these labels, fast girls and hot tailed girls, not only are you communicating to other women what a girl is. And by the way, 
giving someone the label of fast girls, that's all based in feeling. Mm-hmm. None of that's based in fact. Yeah. You could be walking down the street and I could be like, oh, that leotard. She a fast girl. Yeah. What? Like, what, what What do you mean? Like, it's a judgment of yeah. one that is now like that could augment the reputation of another girl for the rest of her, her life. life. Yeah. All feeling. Sorry, tangent. Not at all. Uh, the point that I was going to make was not only do we communicate to other women uh, when we think someone is morally questionable, we're also communicating it to our young girls. Mm-hmm. Whether our we know girls, it or not, they'll pick up on it. Right. Our young girls are hearing and seeing. And our young girls, when they go to school, go, you're a fast girl and I don't want to be friends with you. Yeah. So already we're creating a culture of not supporting other women, of judging yeah, other women, the of bringing other women down. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to rebuild this sisterhood. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Be mm-hmm. done with the fucking fast girl label. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it's bullshit. It is. I completely agree. It's it's just so enraging and maddening to me. But um, speaking about the the R. Kelly, why do you know why are black men and black women so quick to to protect the perpetrators and not to protect the victims? Mm-hmm. There is some information about that. So it's called intracultural redlining, and it's been historically used to malign and silence victims of molestation and rape. Its usage is designed to assuage any notion of guilt from the man who commits these vile acts, resigning the blame to the young girl that has been victimized. Sadly, fast is an epithet most frequently weaponized and hurled by other women, women who have an emotional and or physical stake in the outcome. Tragically. The necessity of protecting children from abuse is sometimes overwhelmed by the desire to protect a husband or boyfriend and, by extension, the relationship. In those instances, whatever financial, emotional, or physical benefit she enjoys effectively trumps any responsibility she might feel to her child. Blaming the child can be written off to the fates, a curse from the heavens above, while blaming your significant other. The idea that... We've got to protect our our young men or our men in these relationships at the expense of our young women is nothing new. This is why we don't call the cops when bad shit happens to yeah, our Yeah, it's all about it becomes about face, becomes about our reputation. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And all of that is super detrimental because our young girls are absorbing this. Yeah, Not only totally. are we absorbing these messages about how we as women are supposed to behave, we're absorbing these messages about blackness and how mm. it should be uh, viewed, yeah. how the white Treated. gay should take it in, yeah. how it should be performed. Yeah, all and of so, it. And then you've got the, the extra added layer of black womanhood. On top of it. Exactly. And what that means. Yeah. And I think by labeling women, but putting labels on women, but not teaching them, hey, this is, you know, maybe you're a little too young to dress like that, which, right. no offense, is the perpetuation of rape culture. Right. When a woman says, take off those shorts, girl, you a fast girl, that's perpetuating rape culture. Yep. Not listening to victims, that's perpetuating rape culture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it makes me super sad yeah. because where do we go from here in our community? You know what I mean? Here's the fucked up thing, really, about the fast-tailed girl. There's no winning. Because you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Look, we raise our girls to 
not get raped, not get sexually assaulted, to fend off any sort of uh, threat or invader that might come her way. But also we tell them to be the good girl as well. Right. It's so it's so twisted. Yeah. And also, as I said earlier, like the getting slapped with that label is a feeling. Someone could just feel that you're fast well, okay. and will give you that Regardless, label. Regardless, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. You're but, good. But let's just say that this word didn't exist. Okay. Just being a woman. You're going to feel it. You're going to feel it by the way men look at you. Yep. You're going to feel it by the way other women look at you, whether you're wearing short shorts, whether you're not wearing short shorts. You're going to feel it once your boobs start to develop. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel it once your ass starts to develop. You're going to feel it regardless. Yeah. Oh, my God. My heart has all. My heart has always gone out for the the girls that hit puberty really, really young. fast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez, that's ironic. Especially the black girls. My heart has always gone yeah, out. Yeah, because you're you don't like you are a stick. Yeah, like I and you I didn't I hit get it any kinda, of those. Right, and I hit it kind of like normal, like everybody else. Yeah. But I definitely had some friends that went into it. Can you imagine? Young. We should have an episode about that. <sighs> an, an interview of someone that can. Oh my god! It must be difficult to because you're not ready, and you have no one to turn to. Right, like I. Yeah, my heart's always gone out to the And if girls. you have issues and someone starts really appreciating you for your body, all of that, with yeah. relationships, it can get real messed up. Oh, absolutely. Super duper fast. Anyways. I cut you off. Sorry, go no, ahead. No, I cut you off about there's no winning. You're damned yeah. if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Uh, Trudy over at Gradient Layer, RIP Gradient Layer for any of the, mm. the readers of that blog, um, she puts it really perfectly. She says, a black girl with confidence who speaks up for herself, wants to express her femininity visually, has normal interest in boys gets unwanted attention from adult men and or has male friends can easily be labeled as such the stereotype sits in a binary opposed to quote respectable black girls while both quote types of black girls are regularly abused it is the hatred of blackness womanhood and childhood or rejection of a period of childhood actually existing for black girls intersecting in this dangerous stereotype Mm. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Oh man, yeah, that the intersecting with the childhood is pretty pretty spot on. Which is often shortened or ripped away from black girls completely because as I said earlier, like we're often viewed as adults Real when fast. we're young. Yeah. We're viewed as needing less protection. Yeah. Because we are thought to be older and strong. Right. Yeah, like it, the world is hard out here for black girls, y'all. The world is hard. Especially because black girls are often overlooked when we're talking, when we're having conversations about race and sexuality. All of it. Because they're thought of as being, quote, girls. In the black community, girls, children, are supposed to be seen and not heard. Mm. So we silence our young girls. We silence our young girls in these times of need where they need to be seen and they need to be heard and they need to be understood. We do our black girls a disservice. We do. But at a certain point in time, no particular uh, um, marker in particular, we tell our girls, oh, but now you have to go and be a self-assured, All of us strong, independent woman. Yeah. That's what you have yeah. to do. Don't step too far outside of being right. independent because then you're a gold digger. Right. Don't step too far outside of being strong because then you're bitter. Don't be too excited. Don't get too uh, passionate because then you're angry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's this insane binary, this insane patriarchal binary that black women are forced to navigate the minefields of. They can't go too far left. And they're going to step on a mine. Absolutely. Because how can you not? There's no, it's, it's, it's already somehow designed 
systematically for mm-hmm. you to fail. Yeah, it's designed systematically for women to fail. Completely. Yeah. Let's take the let's take the the, the black, race, the out, black of out of it. Yeah. In general. Yeah, for sure. Every woman is gonna step on it and is gonna have to deal with the consequences, mm-hmm. regardless. Absolutely. And you may have guidance, and you may not have guidance, and so be it. Right. Yeah. You got to figure that, out like, a way. One bad woman spoils the bunch. Right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. this this topic was so hard on my mind and i really wanted to do it i think it's generally around like this the heat this time of year body consciousness yeah yeah and i remember being young and being like okay it's hot outside like i love the heat now but i remember not knowing what to do once the heat rolled around like well it's hot outside i want to wear shorts but they can't be too short of of, they can't be shorts that are too short because then i'm gonna be a fast girl yeah yeah yeah, i don't have any longer shorts so i guess i have to wear jeans but then if i wear jeans i'm gonna be hot yeah i gotta wear a shirt that's not too low cut and it can't have spaghetti straps even though i kind of want to because it's fucking hot outside i guess i'll wear a you know, a short sleeve t-shirt and like sweat and be kind of uncomfortable, but it's, the world is telling me it's better to be uncomfortable than to be fast. Right. Apparently. Yeah. And I think that those, I think that that sort of internalizing, I think that we need to break that in our young black girls, but it starts with us. Mm-hmm. It starts with the way that we speak of young black girls speak when they're around and, and think not around. and see all of that. I mean, if you have that thought, because if you have not been able to control your thoughts, which is many of us just yet, mm-hmm. and if you want to go, go be a monk for right, 10,000 exactly. years. Um, you see a girl, you're going to have that thought of right. like, ooh, that, sh- that skirt's a little too short. Yep. Right there is yeah. the problem. Right there. You know and I mean? you're perpetuating rape culture. Right there. You're sending it out. Absolutely. And even if you're not telling her, and even if you're not telling someone else, she's feeling it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, so. For sure. I think that we need to. to, to break down any sort of internal misogyny that we have because a big part of the fast girl label is internalized misogyny. Yeah, for sure. And the sooner that we realize that, the sooner we could break free from it. But I think even taking it out of the black female sphere and putting it just into a woman's sphere in general, Mm -hmm. what kind of, I I think it's important that as women, any color, any sexuality. The complete sisterhood of what really keeps us connected. For sure. We should be having conversations about what kind of women we want to be. Yeah. What kind of women we are. Both, we should be having these conversations in public spaces and in private spaces. Yeah, and how we want to really educate and support each other within that sisterhood. Right. Because in the end, it is our cause. For sure. You know, and it is up to us, like amongst a lot of things that we've, that we talked about on this podcast that it really does start with yourself and if you see certain things that you don't like or say or hear then just really have that self-awareness and come from a place of love and healing and and i guess almost self-reflect in the sense of what have you gone through as a woman yeah Whatever other woman you see or look at, I'm sure has gone through almost the same exact thing. For sure. Variances of times, of degrees, of ages, uh, intensity, or levels of whatever. So, you know, really realizing that we are all the same. Yeah. And that we just need to learn to love each other in that sense of we've all, we've all, gonna, we're all gonna have these experiences here mm-hmm. and we need to support. Yeah. That's... And I think the more that we can talk about the, the these patriarchal frustrations that we're all feeling, mm-hmm. 
the more that a we know that we're not alone but b we can have more minds on a particular problem and how to solve it absolutely you know what i mean yeah the more minds the better i think for sure yeah and then also coming to your own realizations of like where have you been at fault that's mm-hmm. really important because if you're not able to see what you've done to either perpetuate this cycle which yeah. guys it's gonna be uncomfortable yeah but also you- like for older women listening yeah like, i know for me i was just at my aunt's hair salon getting my hair done and we were having a conversation about gender and she said something that was really sexist and i was like that's sexist and she was like so be it and i was like oh shit like damn okay uh challenge accepted yeah (laughs) but like there, like that's real and that's hard to uh uh, want to carry on conversations with where you right or not but then it's like do you have a daughter you know she does not so it's like I don't know. It, yeah. It's not about whether you have a daughter or not, but really like perpetuating that cycle. Your choices when you oh, do. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely for sure. Yeah. So, or if you have woman friends, you know, anything yeah. really of uh, 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 and the above. But yeah, I've definitely caught myself thinking and saying things where I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me step back. Mm-hmm. Why did I say that? That actually was very sexist of me. Yeah. That was actually like because you know in the man's favor, whatever it may yeah. be. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a house full of boys. You okay. Know? I I do come from a still a very patriarchal culture. Okay. And so there are things that you know are going to be embedded in our unconsciousness because of just living this way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's time to be woke. Really, absolutely. <laughs> I think my final call to action. I know I brought it generally, but I'm going to like pull it back in and get more specific. And I'm talking to my black listeners. Black women, we have got to have more conversations about how rigid black male behavioral standards impact our lives mm. and are killing us yeah. and are killing our black men. Yeah. We cannot keep predators safe. We cannot continue to act as though when something, when, when a sexual atrocity happens to our young black girls, it's their fault and not the man's who yeah. should know better. Yeah. We have to stop telling our young girls it's their responsibility to dress a certain way to fend off unwanted behavior from men. But we're not telling our young boys to not behave like that towards young women. Right. Like I'm over it. Yeah. Totally over it. Yeah. I think the black community needs to start having more of those pointed conversations yeah 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 yeah. really i completely agree and really well said thank you you're welcome thank you shall we like wrap this thing up yeah we'll make it quick we'll do our i'll do my black little i'll keep it super short uh kim fox she is a prosecutor she's going to be handling the r kelly perfectly case she is a woman she was has dealt with sexual assault in african american african american she is from chicago she Ooh, understands chicago. the circles that r kelly has been running in all i have to say is go kim fox go take this motherfucker down mm-hmm. that's all i gotta say yep about time <laughs> that's it done time. and done <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. This was a pretty intense episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it. If you have any of these experiences or if you want to share your stories, please reach out. DM us on Instagram. 
We are the Black and Yellow Podcast on the gram. We're also on iTunes and Spotify. Please rate and review us on iTunes. It help, helps us monetize and also let people subscribe. know. And subscribe. Yeah. Yes, please subscribe. Um, I'm Jacqueline Chung Young on the gram. I am Alana Webster at Renegade of Fun this on the gram. This episode is brought to you by Christian, our producer. Thank you, Christian, at Zeitheist. And we'll check you guys out next time. That's it. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Bye.